Good morning, I'm Andrea Figuera and this is the Word in 7 Minutes for Thursday, October 13th, 2016. The cold between Russia and the United States was born in Syria, but it quickly expanded in Europe, or at least on France, where Vladimir Putin was supposed to go to on October 19th to inaugurate the Orthodox Cathedral of Quaibranli near the Pont de l'Alma. A visit planned long ago, but the Thursday morning was abruptly cancelled. It all began Saturday, when, at UN headquarters, Russia has vetoed a resolution submitted by France to the Security Council, calling for an end of their strike of Aleppo. Those which, the day after Jean-Marc Ayrault, the French foreign minister, described as war crimes, invoking an investigation by the International Criminal Court. Later, Hollande suggested he might refuse to meet Putin, planning to downgrade the trip to a working visit to discuss the Syrian conflict. Then from the Kremlin came the decision to call off the trip, but Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov pointed out that the decision was due to the cancellation of cultural events, rather than Hollande's request about Syria, denying that Putin was isolating himself internationally, and adding on state television that there were some events planned including the opening of a Russian cultural and religious center and the holding of an exhibition. But those events were struck off the program, so the president decided to cancel the visit for France for now. The relations between the West and Russia are now deteriorating day by day due to the diplomatic confrontation over the Syrian civil war, while Mikhail Gorbachev, the former Soviet leader, warned on Monday that this crisis has brought the world to a dangerous point. However, some international relations are warming. Vladimir Putin arrived in Turkey at the invitation of President Recep Tayyip Erdogan to participate in the 23rd World Energy Congress. There, the two state leaders discussed about the Turkish Stream, a new pipeline that will run under the Black Sea to Turkey, allowing Russia gas to reach Western markets without using the already existing exports pipelines through Eastern Europe. In the meantime, the Russian government has launched a nationwide civil defense training exercise to prepare the country to an eventual nuclear, chemical or biological attack. The civil defense department has informed that the drills will last four days, involving more than 40 million people, more than 200,000 specialists of rescue units, 50,000 units of equipment and many organizations and enterprises. All this just after the relationships with the United States drastically deteriorated due to the failed nuclear security agreement. Talking about the United States, the US launched missiles at the three radar installations in rebel-controlled territory in Yemen after missiles were fired at a US Navy ship for the second time in less than a week. Since the beginning of the conflict, it's the first time that the US has carried out strikes against the rebels. Pentagon spokesman Peter Cook said in a statement that the strikes authorized by President Barack Obama were conducted to protect the personnel, the ships and the freedom of navigation along the coast of Yemen. Are days for the country. October 9th, in Sana'a, the capital of Yemen, and controlled by Houthi rebels since 2014, a bombardment hit the funeral procession of the father of Jala al-Rashiwan, interior minister of the self-proclaimed government Houthi, causing at least 140 deaths. Now let's go in Germany. 
where, two days after his capture, Jaber al-Bakr, the 22-year-old bomb plot suspect, was found hanged with his t-shirt in his jail cell in the eastern city of Leipzig. Although the detainee had begun a hunger strike following his imprisonment, the psychologist who interviewed him assessed that there was no suicide risk, but according to the interior minister, Thomas de Maizière, the suicide had obviously hampered the investigation, posing a setback in the search for other accomplices. Jaber al-Bakr had been arrested in Leipzig on Sunday morning due to the complaint of three countrymen, but before he killed himself, he accused the three countrymen to be his accomplices. It's still unclear if investigators deem credible his testimony and consider now the three justly celebrated as heroes suspects. Meanwhile, in Nigeria, 21 of the girls who were kidnapped from their school by Boko Haram militants have been freed. Some 197 girls remain captive, though it's not known how many of them are still alive. According to presidential spokesman Garba Sehu, the release has been negotiated between the government and Boko Haram, in talks brokered the International Committee of the Red Cross and the Swiss government. The girls will be now in the custody of the security services in the Nigerian city of Maiduguri, in the northeast of the country. In a video released last August, jihadists that some of the students were killed by airstrikes launched by the Nigerian army. The footage showed about 50 students at the side of an armed man who demanded the release of some militants in exchange for their release. The kidnapping of the Nigerian schoolgirls are sparked strong indignation at the international level, followed by one of the biggest campaigns launched on social media under the hashtag Bring Back Our Girls. Changing the subject, the wrath of the Islamic State led to the destruction of ancient treasures that are part of the Middle East cultural heritage, but fortunately some of them will return to their former glory. The replicas created in Italy by trained technicians, especially 3D printers, are part of a UNESCO-sponsored exhibit called Rising from the Destruction. That's all for today. Subscribe or follow the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or Twitter. And visit the website at thewordin7minutes.com. As always, thanks for listening.